Symphony of Shadows, Third Movement, Luce Spenta, L'Ombra More, Homecoming, Phrase 4. Despite everyone's intense desire to leave the alien planet, they had been stuck there two more days thanks to Jazz's parents. Sornwa's crew, after being rescued, needed to be ferried into orbit where only Cybele's steel stallion had the space to accommodate them. The Firefox, along with everyone else who had joined this merry adventure, had now departed the cursed planet, getting some distance before they made the jump back to where they hoped to reunite with Providence. Hope was a bit optimistic, but on the off chance they could find the pseudo-planet would mean their survival. Many of the ships were running low on fuel and food, or needed their own repairs. No one had expected to be gone for more than a few hours. Jazz had aggressively maintained her isolation for those two days, but was not idle. The mess her parents had wrought on the shadow's edge was her responsibility. She couldn't bear to help remove the bodies, but neither did she ask for help cleaning the blood. And blood, she learned, was not easily scrubbed away once it set. She'd done it, though. Like the horrors of a few days ago could be wiped clean from her mind as well as her ship. It never happened. But of course, it did. Here. Jazz's best estimation of a home for the majority of her life, and now she felt sick every moment she spent in the shadow's edge. A warning flashed on her HUD, telling her it was time to sleep. She ignored it. She'd been ignoring it for a while now. How could she sleep? If she slept, there would be nightmares. There were always nightmares. You need rest, said Wit over the speaker. Jazz had blocked him from her personal comms, but that didn't stop the AI from speaking with her. And eat. It has been too long since you consumed calories or drink water. I'm not hungry. Leave me alone, she said, but did not mute the AI. The thought of food made her feel nauseous, but she did move to her kitchen and poured herself some water, gulping it down. Jazz made to the bedchamber, all of the bedding gone after being soaked with Wyatt's blood. She ignored it, though, as she found herself next to the safe. She gritted her teeth and opened it. Jazz pulled the only picture of her parents she had. She looked at them, so happy. Even Switch smiling despite what Jazz knew now, that he hated them. She guessed this was taken before her parents had told Switch that they were leaving her with him. Jazz felt her nose tighten, and tears started to build in her eyes. The grief turned to rage, and she began to tear the photo. Something stopped her, though. She'd only torn an inch into it, the fissure cutting through Nebu's head, just like Derby's bullet. Jazz gritted her teeth, letting the rage build in her for a second try, but she couldn't bring herself to do it. To destroy this would be to forget. The pain of it all was too much for her to bear, let alone comprehend. To destroy the only evidence she had of her parents was not something she could undo. 
It was also a denial of who she was, where she came from. She was not her parents, but she was of them. If she forgot that, she would continue to make the same mistakes she always had. Things would be different now. She would be different. Jazz put the picture back in the safe and closed it. The sleep and food warning flashed again on Jazz's HUD. Stop it, wit. My analysis has determined that you're experiencing the emotion of anger toward me. I have been unable to determine the source of this. Please provide input for analysis so that I may better support your needs. It doesn't matter. Just leave me alone. I'll shut you off altogether. Does it have something to do with that picture? Asked Wit. Jazz remained silent. According to the shift in your pupils and heart rate, there is an 86% chance I am correct. My decision tree predicts you are experiencing great sadness about the death of your parents and have projected your anger onto me as you are no longer able to do so for those responsible for your suffering. No, asshole. You betrayed me. I am unable to betray, having no will of my own, responded Wit matter-of-factly, which infuriated Jazz. That's what makes it so frustrating. You're an AO's damned machine. When I needed you, when I thought I could trust you, you listened to my parents, because you had to, because your software told you your original owners had better permissions than I did. Even though we've been through so much together, even though I considered you my greatest friend in the universe, it's all so goddamn pathetic. Tears were pouring out of her again. I do not understand. I know, shouted Jazz. That's the point. My only real friend I've had for any length of time is a fucking computer. Jazz's anger turned inward and shameful. I'm so stupid. You are of average intelligence, said Wit. Jazz chuckled a little through her tears. Fuck you. I think we are friends, responded Wit. Your slave, said Jazz, her tone icy. You have to do what your program tells you to do. You have to listen to those who command you. No choice is truly your own. And I'm your master. Jazz felt ashamed saying the word, but it was true. And because of that, we can never be friends. Because of that, we were never friends. And what if I could make my own choices? asked the AI. A hypothetical? asked Jazz. Theoretically, with how much data I have accumulated, a few minor changes to my programming and permissions could accurately simulate what you call free will. Could we be friends then? Sure, said Jazz, trying to end the conversation. Do I have permission to make the required changes? asked the AI. Why not? Go ahead. I will need to reboot, said the AI. Do you require anything else of me prior to reboot? You do you, Wit. And with that, the AI powered down. Jazz felt suddenly and deeply alone. The stillness of the ship without Wit's annoying her felt suddenly all-consuming. Her entire body seemed to scream for the AI to return, to have something else to focus on. She'd buried herself in cleaning the ship, in her frustration at wit for betraying her, that she hadn't really allowed for all that had happened truly settle on her. Instead, her wounds were festering, 
ignored, and now too long exposed to the air. She felt sick. There was a knock on the main cabin door. Wit, who is it? But then she remembered he was rebooting. It would be a pain to bring up the cameras without him, so instead she stood and made to the door, happy at the distraction. Anything to not think about... everything. Jazz opened the door and found Knox there holding a tray. Thought you could uh, use a bite. I'm... Jazz paused. They hadn't spoken since she'd killed her own mother. I know. Knox gracefully filled the silence, possibly seeing where her mind was going. You're not hungry. Switch and Tony told me how they've been worried about you, so I brought your favorite. Knox extended the tray, which had a pathetic burger on it, some chips, and fake-looking greens. You shouldn't have, said Jazz neutrally, but her stomach grumbled at the smell of the meat in defiance. Knox grinned, overflowing with radiant charm. Jazz was tempted to slam the tray in his face, but instead took it from him and made to close the door. He stepped forward, blocking her. Do you mind if I join you? I could, uh, he sighed. I miss him, he said finally. Jazz didn't need Knox to say who he was. The last thing she wanted to do was talk about Wyatt, but she also couldn't say no to Knox. She felt so stupidly selfish in that moment. Here she was, thinking she was going to change, that she was not her parents, that she would not abandon those she loved. And here was Knox, maybe in just as much pain, if not more, than she was, in need of someone who cared about him, in need of her. Of course, she croaked, barely able to keep herself together. She turned quickly, hoping he wouldn't see her face shattered with grief. She needed to be strong. She was a woman, not an Eos-damned girl. Jazz led Knox to the kitchen and put down her tray on the table. Knox sat and Jazz opened a cabinet, pulling out a bottle filled with clear liquid. She took out two glasses as well, clearing away a smudge on one with her finger. She filled both cups and slid one over to Knox, hoisting hers up in the air. The fallen friends, she said, and those still standing, added Knox, clinking glasses. They both swallowed the drink in a single gulp. Jazz poured another glass and started in on her burger. Her appetite abruptly went from non-existent to ravenous, as the fire in her belly from the rum was like a spark to the engines of her digestive system. We should be heading back soon, said Knox, since the red was the last to hit crystal. When we're far enough away from the planet, she will shoot it. Shouldn't you be with your crew, then? Jazz asked between bites, shoving a few chips in her mouth. Not entirely sure our plan will work. Still a lot of unknowns. Even more reason you should be with your crew. They'll be looking to you for guidance and courage, Mr. Pontifex. Jazz wasn't sure why she said that, not without some sarcasm. It seemed to hurt Knox and Jazz withdrew a little. Not sure they all trust me much anymore. Not after all that's happened. Even with the support of our impromptu pirate council. But that's not why. Not really. Then why? asked Jazz. Because if we are wrong and something else happens... Knox extended his hand toward Jazz, but stopped in the middle of the table. I know who I want to be with. Every fiber of Jazz's body 
yearned to take his hand, but she remained frozen. She looked away, ashamed. I'm not worth it, she said. Jazz, look at me, please. Her eyes lifted, but her head remained turned away. We've both been hurt in so many ways. We've both been lied to, betrayed, and abandoned. We've even done all of those things to each other, as if that's all either of us are any good at. I should never have left you, Jazz blurted. I was scared, so scared you were going to hurt me if I... If I... If you loved me? asked Knox. Jazz nodded wordlessly. And if I wasn't such a fool, I would have chased you. If you did, I would have run faster and further than you ever could have reached me. Knox wanted truth, and she would slap it on a tray and serve it to him. I'm not worth it, Knox. You can do so much better than me. Listen to Gerta on this one. She's smarter than both of us. She is smart, but this isn't about being smart. It's not about thinking. It's about how we feel for each other. How we feel when we are together. Whatever happened in the past, we are together now. If there is one thing I learned from my father's message, it's that power is loneliness and pain. You've always been stubborn as hell, and I've always avoided confrontation like it was an illness, but not anymore. It's my turn to be stubborn. I love you, Jazz. And more than anything in the universe, I want you, all of you. Knox drank her in with his eyes. Bruised physically and emotionally, Jazz's best years were far behind her. She was a real clunker, dinged up with a shoddy engine. But the way he looked at her, like she was the stars themselves, a coruscating array of radiant light. Jazz moved her hand forward and took Knox's. They looked at one another and smiled, holding tight to each other. Like a circuit long disabled, the connection between them was lit with energy, sparking from disuse, but power rushing through their veins. So what now? asked Jazz. Well, hopefully we get back to Providence and it's not a shit sh That's not what I meant, said Jazz. I mean us. Where do we go from here? Oh, I see, Knox considered. Maybe take it slow. Things have been so... Jazz pounced on him, grabbing his neck and kissing his face. Knox didn't hesitate, for all his words a moment ago for taking it slow. He took her into his arms as she sat on his lap. He felted her, unzipping her jacket as she fumbled with his shirt. They both tossed the clothing to the side, and Knox grabbed her by the hips and buried his head in her breasts. Jazz ran her hands through his hair, a mix of pleasure from the way he played with her nipples and pain from her cracked ribs and bruised body. After a while, Jazz dismounted his lap, and she pulled him by the hand toward the cockpit because damned if she was going to use the bedroom. No way to kill a fine mood like this than fucking where the dead had recently lain. You owe me, said Jazz, forcing her attention back to the moment. Owe you? asked Knox, kissing her neck as they entered the cockpit and putting his hand down her pants. Jazz paused, letting the pleasure roll over her, each kiss on her neck like a shining island of paradise. You know what? 
Jazz kicked off her boots and tugged her pants off her hips, letting them drop, feeling Knox's hips pressing against her, eager. She turned around and placed a finger on his lips and moved it down to where his hand rested between her legs. Oh, that, he smiled and shrugged. Jazz kissed him, then sat, guiding Knox with her. He kissed a trail from her mouth slowly down her neck. In all of the commotion of these last days, he must not have shaved because his stubble tickled her as he moved his mouth ever downward, but in no rush, exploring her, but also running around a maze of her many pains. When he finally arrived at the show, he began clumsily. She almost laughed at it, hitting him over the head. Delicate. He began again, his tongue brushing slow circles, searching for how it made Jazz's body twitch with delight. After a few moments, he'd found a rhythm, and Jazz lost herself. Everything fell away, meaningless for a few blissful minutes. Her pain, her loss, her loneliness. It was all of it gone, and so small, so meaningless. This was right. There was nothing more right. Jazz's body was on fire. She pulled at his head, bringing him back up to her. As he followed, he pulled off his own pants and slipped off his boots. Jazz stood and pushed him onto the chair and pressed him into her hungrily. They clawed at each other, desperate, sweating, and awkward and beautiful. When they'd finished, Jazz rested her head on his shoulder, panting. Somehow she'd gotten a stitch in her side. Damn, I'm getting old, Jazz thought. Knox's warm arms wrapped around her, pressing her into him gently. Jazz could have stayed there for an eternity. She never wanted to leave this moment when everything made sense and everything was so simple. But her bladder protested, suddenly full from the water and the rum. I have to pee, she whispered in Knox's ear. Oh, oh of course, he said, loosening his grip and letting her stand. Jazz kissed him on the cheek and ran to the bathroom. As she sat, pee tinkling out, Wit suddenly unmuted himself. Providence is within range. She hadn't even realized the AI had rebooted yet. When had he rebooted? Oh, Eos, she thought. Did he watch all that? Wait, what did you say? And how did you unmute yourself? Jazz asked. The jump was successful, and we are less than 10,000 kilometers from Providence. Unmuting was simple. You gave me permissions over myself. I can decide now. And so you decide to creep on me and Knox, and then bother me while I'm pissing? Technically, yes, said the AI, considering. By the modulation of your tone, I predict with high certainty that this is not an appropriate use of free will. Oh, Eos, what have I done? Cursed Jazz, wiping herself and flushing the toilet. When she left, Knox was already pulling on his clothing and had hers piled for her on the chair. It's providence, he said. I know, she responded, feeling suddenly and sharply alone again, literally naked in space. She took her clothes and started putting them on. When she was done, Knox planted a long kiss on her. That was amazing, and I can't wait to do it with you again, but I know this is more important. Jazz took his hand and kissed him again. Let's go and see what mess needs sorting out. Hey, at least this time the mess won't be your fault, right? Wouldn't bet on it, she responded, 
as she opened the cabin door and they headed to the command center together. Knox twined his hand in hers and Jazz felt the warmth spread up her arm and bloom in her heart. Symphony of Shadows is a production of Synapse Radio. Written, produced, and performed by J.S. Rose. Follow us on Instagram at Synapse Radio and Twitter at Connect2Synapse. That's the number two. Or visit our website for all things awesome, synapse-radio.com. Synapse Radio.